Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and health coach, and I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Today, I'm sharing an interview with Steph Jagger. She is just an incredible wordsmith and just so much beauty and clarity and wisdom in her words. So I'm very, very excited for us to get into the interview with her because it's something I've been looking forward to for a very long time. Steph was actually one of the people that I asked to do the podcast almost a year ago and the timing wasn't right. So when I came back to her at the beginning of this year, it made more sense and it was more aligned for us to get together for this interview. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Before we get into the interview, I'd love to ask you a favor. Would you mind taking the 30 to 90 seconds to leave a review for the podcast? It doesn't matter which app that you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, whatever app you're using. If you take a moment to leave a review and a five-star review would be awesome if that's how you feel about the podcast. And even more exciting is if you could take a few minutes to just write some words about how this podcast has made a difference in your life. The easiest way for someone else to be introduced to the podcast is through the ratings and review system on the different apps. It helps the app to know if this is a podcast that they should be recommending to other people. I'd love your help. And it would mean so much if you could take the time to leave the review before we get into this episode. Steph Jagger is one of the most powerful writers I have ever met. When Steph sends an email love letter, I savor every word she shares. She's a writer, speaker, creator, and guide. Her first book, Unbound, a story of snow and self-discovery, is a memoir that reads like a novel. I devoured it in a weekend after meeting Steph at her book launch. Steph leads The Great Big Journey, a three-month immersive coaching experience several times a year. Her second memoir is about the journey she took with her mom while she was in the early stages of Alzheimer's. This new book is out in 2022. Let's give a big warm welcome to Steph Jagger. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I am just so excited to share with you Steph Jagger. Hello, Steph. Hi, Julie. So good to be here. Oh, this is, you know, when I asked Steph to be on the podcast, I was definitely nervous. So she's kind of a big deal. Uh, For those who haven't met her yet, she and I actually connected through my sister and my sister, Sophie. And I, I know we all miss her because I don't even get to see her either. And, um, we connected because it was your book launch. And I was, I remember driving. So it was back when I lived in Toronto and you were going to be in Toronto for the book launch. And like, I never go to Toronto and I was driving to the launch and I like, I couldn't find the place. And I was, I think I was an hour late, (laughs) 
but I showed up anyway and snuck in the back and, and you were like, hi, I was like, you're in the middle of your thing. Anyways, I, that was how we met. And I just, when I got the book, so her book is called Unbound, Finding Myself at the Top of the World. Uh, it just, you know, when you get a book and you just literally like eat it all up, like that's what happened when I, when I read your book. And so I've always been so fascinated by your work. Uh, Steph is a writer. She's a speaker. She's a creator and a guide. Uh, she's got another book coming out next year. And I have just always been interested in your words and the way mm -hmm. you share things in a way that just, anyways, I'm just going to let you tell us a little bit about your story. Maybe just give us an idea of what the book about, because it's a, it's a personal story, right? Of an amazing accomplishment. So I'll let you share that part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, words, aren't they just, I don't know. I love, I love words and I love digging into the etymology of words and what they mean. And I think it's, it's, as a it's modern day spell casting or maybe ancient spell casting you know that word that word spell casting comes from spelling how did we spell words and cast spells so i love that um yeah the first uh the first book is it really does describe um you know the backstory of of who i am because it's memoir so it's about a journey that i took just before my 30th birthday so over a decade ago um i know time flies um where i, I you know i i basically grew up in vancouver british columbia life was good but not great and i I believe in great. And I thought, what am I going to do to find this? You know, my own kind of sense of this, this life doesn't quite fit. I feel this kind of uh, lingering discontent, et cetera. And so I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to press pause and I'm going to sell things and, and take some risks and um, spend a year immersing myself in my own joy, which at the time was uh, skiing, traveling and writing and, and writing just for me, like just journaling. I wasn't, it wasn't set out to write a book. And so I did that and I met the person I'm now married to. I ended up breaking a world record for skiing the most vertical feet in, in a year and then moved to, to this, to San Diego at the time. Um, I live in Bainbridge Island, Washington now, but to be with the, the person I'd fallen in love with. And then, and then lo and behold, I just, I couldn't, the the knocking at the door of write a book, write a book, write a book, it wouldn't go away. And so that was kind of the entry point into, I'd say maybe more public words other than the words that were just in my journal or going to a, you know, in an email to my family, et cetera. And, and since that journey, I've uh, obviously written the book that you just talked about. Um, I just have finished a second book that'll be out next year, another memoir about a journey with my mother and I. And, and I, you know, went back to school, did a graduate degree in executive coaching. And so also have a kind of growing coaching facilitation company that doesn't necessarily work with executives. Certainly some people that we see are executives, but is really, you know, more in the life uh, arena and, and allowing people to step into a real deeper level of, I, I'm a memoir writer, right? It's all about memories, um, a deeper level of remembrance of, of their essence of, of who they really are and how to bring that, that self, uh, to the table and allow that self to evolve. So that's the just, <sighs> I just like <laughs> breathing into this 
this connection to words. And I love how you talked about spell casting. Um, yeah. One thing I like to, an expression that I learned from a friend is that your word is your wand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We yes. really are our world. And it's interesting stuff because for many years I was a blogger and I blog a lot and I write well enough. I wrote a book many years ago, you know, yeah, my sister yes, edited, yes, edited, yes. which is great. You know, thank goodness I have a, an English teacher in the family. <laughs> and what's interesting is I have sort of found my voice more through podcasting. That medium really works for me. And every time I kind of go back to writing, I'm like, this is so hard. And my question to you, Steph, is mm-hmm. like, I read your stuff, like everything you send, I want to read. By the way, just to be clear, everyone needs to sign up for your newsletter, your uh-huh. occasional newsletter. Yeah. It's like yeah. always a surprise. Yeah. Steph's in my inbox. Um, we we want to make sure people know how to get their hands on that because I read it because you're telling us a story every time. So I am very curious for you. Is it a process you enjoy? Do you work at it? What is writing like for you? That's a really good question. It's it's highly dependent on the the form of writing. You know, am I writing memoir? Am I sitting down and, and trying to craft something that's going to go into a memoir? Am I writing an Instagram post? Am I writing a newsletter? Um, am I writing emails back and forth to people? So it's very interesting. I know that a lot of writers will say um, that they don't understand how they feel about something until they've written it. And and I would say that I am similar, but it's I don't understand fully what I what this whole thing is or what something means for me until I've spoken about it. And I have to speak about things a fair bit. So the people on my team know, know me well enough to know that when I'm in kind of ideation mode for, especially for something larger, Mm -hmm. um, like a whole rebrand say, or a memoir or, you know, not something smaller, like an Instagram post or a newsletter. When I'm in ideation mode for something larger and I can feel just the edges of it, I will talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it in a whole bunch, like 10 ways to Sunday from every different angle until I kind of go, Oh, I, I get it, you know, and it, and it takes me a little while to do that. And then once, and then once I think I have it, then I sit in, in maybe what I would call a deeper, almost spiritual practice of let it come through me. Like that's my daily, like, let it come through me, let it come through me, let it come through me. So that's, that's a, those are larger pieces for things like the newsletter, for things like an Instagram post, those are very in the, they're not like, I don't have an editorial calendar that like plans out, okay, every month we're going to send a newsletter and this is what it's going to be. It literally is like the last newsletter that we sent out. um, I have a woman on my team that helps me edit it and load it into, you know, our system and stuff like that. And I usually send them to her about a week in advance of us putting them out. I sent it to her the day before. Um, <laughs> and I wrote it that morning. And I just sat down and wrote it in 20 minutes. And I knew for the couple weeks leading up, I wanted to write about mm-hmm. it. But I I just didn't feel quite ready. And I just, I wait for that feeling of readiness. And usually when I do, I actually think that's the most efficient way for me to work. Um, it's, you know, it's like any bird of prey. They sit and they wait and they wait and they wait and they observe and they look 
and they're scanning the surroundings. And then, and then when they know it's the moment to, you know, go and capture a prey or pull the words out, that's, that's a sensation and a feeling that I look for. And those are all very in the moment. It's, it's extraordinarily rare for me to pre-write an Instagram yeah. post, even when we're in like, um, launch mode for a program or something. Those are all in the moment. So I had like a feeling of recognition when you said that you'll, you'll have something that's going in your head and it's keep, it it keeps coming through, but you're not ready to like write the words Mm -hmm. yet. I've had that feeling. Mm -hmm. And every time I finally write that post, first of all, I usually end up writing it. It's right before bed. And I, it's like, I no longer can sleep if I don't write it down uh-huh. and I'll write it in my phone and then I'll post it the next day or whatever. And that's the post that gets like shared by everybody and liked by and everyone comments. And it's very rare for me to have that. But I, I have this, I knew exactly what you yeah. meant where it's like this thing in your head and you're like, it's not there. I'm not ready. It, Cause it's very, it's usually very, very personal. And that, sure, sure. that is what your last one was. It was very personal. In fact, I grabbed something that you said from that last, I believe it was your last newsletter that you said that your husband said, says to you is, I don't know how you do it. You have more gratitude than anyone I know. And at the same time, you are endlessly discontent. Yes. Feel this is an important conversation for us to have because yeah. I may or may not relate to some of what is in that comment. So yeah, let's talk yeah. about this. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, 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 I think that actually my relationship um, to discontent is shifting, and that's a lot of what that newsletter was about. But, but generally speaking, yes, I think I've always, you know, for for much of my life felt an underground discontent like that's not quite it that's not you're not quite that's not and and again very different than perfectionism Mm -hmm. like it's not quite perfect um but just feel like you're on a tributary of the river and not the river Mm-hmm. And, and there's an, uh, discontent of like, I know, I feel like I know it when I feel it, you know, and, and, and at the same time, gosh, those journeys on the tributaries, I mean, there, there, there's beauty in those, there's people in those, there's humanity in those, there's, there's, there's the human experience and complexity of, of, of emotion and joy. I mean, and, and that's something I'm immensely grateful for. So, so it, it is a real blend to me. And I, and I do, I, 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 I love humanity. And so, you know, whenever that's on display for me, whether it's, whether it's my own or, or someone else's or a collective, that's something that is like, oh, I'm seeing something sacred. And so I'm grateful for that. I, I get that. I, yeah. I get that. And I like that explanation of the river and the tributary, mm-hmm. how sometimes we feel like it's like, yeah, I'm almost there. I'm just, I'm not quite, but like, it's not like this is a bad place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very, like, it's not a destination. Like I think a lot of people are like, Oh, Oh, when this happens, when I'm in this place, it'll all be better. It's a bit different than that. Right. It's this, I don't know. There's an internal knowing I think of, 
of when, when I'm fully unleashed, when I fully unleashed myself, my heartbeat will be so, and, and I can feel in my body that it's not so, so I'm I'm discontent by that. There's a, there's a, I'm, I want to find that. I, I think that's what we're here to do. And so I, I search for that. Yeah. What I think is important in what you're sharing is that both can exist, right? We can have the reverent gratitude and we can also live, have some discontent or things that aren't quite exactly right at the moment. And traveling through the journey of life where there is no destination and along the way, finding those moments of humanity and gratitude, you know, that's really important in terms of the way that we allow ourselves to have, you know, the, whatever glasses we're wearing. I mean, you're telling memoirs, you're telling stories. Of course, those stories are going to come with some kind of lens, yeah. right? And for me, what I, my goal is to share is to, can where can we look through the lens of gratitude? And I'm not ignoring the fact that there are difficulties happening right at the moment but, and at the same time, right, this lens of gratitude is, you know, kind of fits in. I don't know. If, does that describe absolutely, all of your Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, the newsletter that you pulled from, um, I think that was the one that I, where I was talking about how I'd taken a pause from, yes. from alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, don't know whether this is, you know, lots of unknowns in life, but don't know whether this is going to be like a lifelong decision, but sober, curious, thought I'd take pause, et cetera. And so again, in that newsletter, I talk a lot about, um, an experience of, I spent a number of months an experience of like deep, you know, anger and rage Mm -hmm. and, and really having that come forward in my life in a way that hadn't in the past, um, that I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't very familiar with that emotion. And I remember phoning my best friend, you know, at multiple points through, through the last handful of months, <laughs> this expression of like, her name's Janet. I was like, Janet, I've, I've never been so happy to be so angry <laughs> because, because again, it's, it's this like, mm. oh, that's what that feels like. Like, I wonder what would happen if I'm able to like allow that emotion mm. to really move through my body and, and to have a, a real, um, again, in the moment, not so much, but, but when you reflect on it, like this real joyful gratitude of, wow, I am actually mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually capable of moving really, really big things through my system, through my energetic system. And they have a lot of, they're powerful. They're, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I remember we were laughing so hard this summer at how, much gratitude I had for the, for rage. (laughs) Oh, Steph, you are, your words right now are really perfectly timed for the things that I've been studying and learning and understanding about our emotions. And you said like, you'd never really felt anger like that before, because truly we have honestly been taught that like, you know, don't get it. Like, don't get mad. Like, don't get frustrated. Don't just don't, don't have your real emotion. And so I'm raising a daughter. She's 10, an empath, highly sensitive child, like her mother. We're very, very, very closely connected. And she has a lot of big emotions. Yeah. She's 10. Yeah. And I'm working on saying to my daughter, 
feel those emotions, but then move through them. I'm teaching my 10 year old things that I'm still working on, but she's 10, it's easier, right? But that point of like, where you said you had gratitude for the rage, I get that. I get that because it means you're finally allowing that feeling. And sure, sit with it, feel it a little bit, but don't stay there. Like, I think that's the, yeah. the cautionary tale. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think the, the main source of gratitude with that comes from, okay, sure, I can, there's gratitude that I can feel that. And that means if I can feel that, I could, I'm also going to be able to feel rapture. And that means that, you know, et cetera. Yeah. The, the bigger source of gratitude comes with, you know, for a very, very long time, I either stopped an emotion partway through or I stuffed it somewhere internally. So it's actually still living inside of me doing who knows what, um, or, or I attached a narrative to it, which allows it to then live for a very, very long time inside of us. So by, by just allowing it to move up and through, you know, emotion stands for energy and motion. And so when you feel that kind of energy and motion in your body, there, there's actually a, a lot of work being done by, by neuroscientists and scientists that have come out to say that an emotion takes about 90 seconds to do its thing. But if you cut it short, it'll just resurface and resurface. If you, if you push it down somewhere in your body, that's what it turns into um, other, other things, disease and accident and all that kind of stuff. Or um, you attach a narrative to it, then it can live, live on and live on. When you then allow it to move up, move up and out or move through your system, the gratitude I have is for the space it creates. Because I've never felt so, all those things that were stored in various places, now that they're moving up and out, it, it feels like there's a spaciousness inside of me that is really astounding, refreshing, colossal. And it's, I think, the um, container for creation. So I have an immense amount of gratitude for that. So I'm listening here and I'm, I'm listening as a listener as well. Yeah. And I'm wondering, cause you did, there's work involved in order to start to understand how to do this kind of work and allow. So where did you sort of find the work for yourself? Like what were there practices that you used? Did you study a book? Did you work with a coach? Well, I've, read a lot yeah. <laughs> and I've worked with coaches and therapists for sure. You know, I think this, I think this year with COVID has really had us come front and center, like lock eyes with, with a lot of things that, um, I, I remember going through the summer and just saying to my husband, I don't know what this, this, I, I, there's all, there's just all this anger and so I think I'm a real, I think just hands-on experimenter, like, and, and here's, I guess this would be the technique that I would use that I think I've picked up over the years is what in the moment feels good and right. Like if I'm feeling this emotion really well up inside of me, what, what is it asking for? get curious. What is it asking for? Is it asking for movement? Like shaking my body and hands? Yeah. Is it, is it asking for me to voice something like to scream or to yell? Is it, you know, that, that kind of curiosity of 
what is it asking me to do and who is it asking me to be? And then, and then doing my best to do that. And that's, you know, that's probably what you would say to your little one, right? You'd probably say, Oh, wow. You, I can see you're really, really angry. Do you want to like, do you want to shake your arm? Do you want to yell at mommy? Do you want to shake your arms around? Do you want to slam a door? Do you know, and, and she probably has an answer for that. Like, yeah, I want to, I want to draw dark circles on a page and you, okay, let's get a piece of paper and draw it out. And then lo and behold, you know, two minutes after going nuts and drawing a really dark circle on a page, it's like, <sighs> yeah. Cause it, cause yeah. it moved. So I, I think that question of how do I, how do I maintain a sense of curiosity and not let it override me of curiosity of asking what does it need what does it need and want me to do right now and part of that is is um parenting and reparenting ourselves you know how do we be compassionate curious and generous enough to ask the questions of what does this emotion want from me right now how can i nurture it out not not um suffocate it or tell it to leave or you know anything like that but Um, How do I see it, witness it, ask it what it needs? We'll be right back to the podcast after this short break. A decade ago, I met this amazing biochemist and scientist, Dr. Libby Weaver, whose passion was all about healthy nutrition, taking care of our liver, and really understanding how digestion and detoxification works. Dr. Libby and I had a personal conversation and we talked about my own digestion. And at the time, it was very odd that every time I would enjoy a healthy whole wheat wrap for lunch, I would have stomach cramps afterwards. I didn't really understand the connection between the food that I was eating and how I was feeling. Dr. Libby gently suggested that I might try taking gluten out of my diet for 30 days to see how I would feel. Now you're probably thinking, what's the big deal? I mean, people go gluten-free all the time. Sure. But back then gluten-free wasn't even a thing. In fact, it was extremely difficult to find any gluten-free substitutes. So gluten-free really meant choosing whole foods that did not have gluten in them. This inspired me to create a program called the 30 day whole body detox, which is all about nourishing your body at the cellular level. And it's a gluten-free and dairy free program that allows you to really understand how your body feels when you nourish it with whole real foods and support your cells with nutritional supplementation. A few years ago, I found myself in a really bad sugar addiction spiral. I had been eating a lot of eggies, which are candy coated chocolate eggs, and I had been eating them since Valentine's Day, and it was time for the 30 day whole body detox. I was so sick from all the sugar that I had been eating that I didn't even feel like doing the program. I had lost all my motivation. I was tired all the time, grumpy. I didn't even realize the effect that the sugar was having on myself. That year, it took me almost two weeks to start to feel like myself again. And I truly believe that if it wasn't for the 30 day whole body detox that year, I would have gotten into a really bad downward spiral that I'm not sure I would have gotten out of in only 14 days. Now, last year would have been our ninth anniversary of the program, but because April of 2020, we were in the throes of the pandemic. 
I was definitely not interested in doing a detox program and neither were my clients. So we gave it a break for a year, which means that I am so looking forward to participating in the 30 day whole body detox again this year. In fact, I'm kind of reminded back to that time when I was dealing with that difficult sugar addiction and how excited I am for the 30 day whole body detox. I'd love to have you join us. It's a wonderful program that really helps you to get back to feeling your best and understanding how different foods make you feel great and other ones don't make you feel so good. To learn more about this program, visit our website, 30daywholebodydetox.com. So if you want to learn more, or if you're interested in joining us, please visit 30daywholebodydetox.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. The parenting part of what you said is so true. I'm learning so much about managing my own emotions and understanding my emotions through my daughter. So she does often struggle with, she gets kind of panic attacks sometimes before bed because she starts thinking about the things that upset her. And so just recently, very recently, I started saying, okay, so when you feel that thought coming up in your body, she physically can feel it. She knows it's happening. I said, well, what if you... What if you move? What do we pull the yoga mat out? What would feel good for you right now? So then the other day, she's like, I'm feeling it. I'm just like, well, what do you want to do? She's like, I'm going to do handstands. I'm like, okay, fine. Like handstand it up, like go for it, you know? So she's like bouncing up and down in her little handstands, you know? And yeah, and a couple minutes later, she actually, instead of like working herself into a frenzy, she went the other direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so simple, but... I actually think it is. It's just that we never learned those things as a, as a child. And so we grow up as adults and we just don't know what to do. That's right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm working in some, some difficult family situations where I know that if I let my emotions get the best of me, we, it's not going to be able to function. Like I have to be able to speak with a level head and a kind heart. And so if I feel my emotions rising, I'm like training myself to just stop and like breathe it through, mm-hmm. like in a conversation, mm-hmm. just like pause, mm-hmm. breathe. Because if I don't, then it, it does, it does what it wants to do, which is like escalates me and doesn't go anywhere. So these are great, great lessons for, I think we all need to hear that right now. Cause let me tell you, yeah, 2020 gave us emotions that we didn't remember we'd ever had before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, needed to feel and needed to have surface. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to shift a little bit. I, we've already had so many great little bits, but I, if it's okay with you, if you don't mind, I want to read uh, a little bit from your first book because this language that you shared just really got, like, I just love how it's written. So it's just this little section and maybe you can explain yeah. sort of around it, but it's from the, the, the chapters called the meat seats, lentil soup and Bobby Brown. <laughs> First of all, your chapter (laughs) headings are the best. So here's what you say. So I had heard a lot of amazing things about Bariloche. Bariloche, yeah. Bariloche. But not a single person mentioned that it's basically a real-life Willy Wonka's. There are chocolatiers on every corner and in the middle of the block and close to the end, but not quite at the end of the block. It's as if the streets are paid with dolce de leche and ground up cacao seeds. The smell of fresh cocoa wafts out from the doors of the chocolate shops and the bags of Bariloche's sweet tooth tourists. 
In any other place in the world, this quantity and quality of chocolate would be the focal point. But in Bariloche, it's hardly a blip on the radar. To understand that is to understand just how much the city has to offer. Steph, I've never been there. And I know this is a book about skiing and beautiful mountains. But I literally was like, oh, I'm in like a street of chocolate. Like that, like, did you learn how to write in this way? Did you study it? Or just, this is like, this is how you think. And then you put it on paper. Yeah, you know, so, so I am not a trained writer. I have grade 11 English. Um, my grammar and spelling are awful, but, um, I have always, always loved writing and storytelling, um, ever since I was little and, and archetypally, I would say I'm a storyteller through and through. I see life in, in increasingly so actually in story and myth. Like, I don't know. I, I, and I, and I think because of what I've ended up doing with writing, it just gets stronger and stronger. Like I see scenes and, and mythology playing out, um, kind of forward and backward and stories that run through lineage. And so I don't know, that's, that's always, um, been a big part of me. I think the other part of it that I know has served me extraordinarily well. And I don't know, you know, I don't know, is this something that you're born with? Is this, who knows? Is um, I am a highly, highly observant person. Mm. And so um, I, I'm the youngest of four. So I think I spent a lot of time watching, you know, watching and learning. And, and I'm the type of person that, you know, my, my husband and I, for example, will, you know, in, in the before times of COVID, you know, we would go to a dinner party and come home and I'd be like, oh my gosh, did you see that that woman was wearing a brooch that had a little umbrella with it? And he's like, no, I, what? Like, and I'm like, no, no, no. The one, the woman who was the red dress, like I did not see a red dress. Like there's, I just am a very observant um, person. And that's, that may actually play into the, the whole idea of why I think it's easy for me to sit in gratitude. Cause I, I see a lot. I see a lot of beauty around me and I love people watching and I love um, sitting in a little town and observing, you know, what, what it's like. So I think those two things that, that being really, really observant as a kid, as well as, as just naturally, uh, seeing stories. Um, and then I read a ton. I mean, I, ever since I was little in my family, I, I read way more than the rest of my family. You know, my, my mom probably read like two books a year, you know, I, I read like two books a week, you know, that it's, yeah. <laughs> what do you read? Like, what are you reading lately? What kinds of books do you read? Cause you, I know you said you studied about emotions and things like that, but what other. Yeah. So, so I, I really, it really depends on what I'm, if I'm in a, in a writing project or not, okay. um, if I'm in a big writing project, then then very, very typically you're going to find me reading female written memoir because, you know, that's, that's a, a, a big part of it. At the moment I'm in a, I'm in a, um, an in-between. And so I'm reading a book called Belonging by Tacopa Turner, which is wonderful. I think she lives on, oof. I am reading Water, my friend, a book about Bruce Lee's teaching written by his daughter, Shannon Lee. Wow. Um, and that's really beautiful. 
the Magdalene manuscripts by Megan Watterson. Uh, those are three that I have on my, yeah. on my desk right now. And then as I go into the next, as I go into the next writing project, I suspect that I'll be reading a little bit of like, almost like I'm going to be writing memoir, but I, I, I am thinking I'll be reading some fiction, perhaps ecological fiction and probably some books on shamanism. I've read some, but we'll probably move in that direction. So we'll see, that gives you kind of a hint of where I'm going right Yeah. 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 It, it really does depend on what I'm working on writing wise. Yeah. Oh, so fun. Uh, this book, for those that are watching the video, you know, Unbound, I mean, it's just, it really just, I, there's nothing more enjoyable than a book where you're like, just, I need to just close the door. Like yeah. I'll be back in a day because yeah. I just need to finish. Cause I got to finish the story and to get to that in a memoir to me was so powerful. Like mm -hmm. telling a story that captivated me so much that I needed to finish it. I was like carrying the book from room to room and just had to have it finished. I even, I told Steph, like, I wanted to just get back into your book a little bit before we talked, you know, even though I actually still have memories of your book. I read it years ago, but it, it stuck in my memory and I just opened it and started reading. And then half an hour later, I was like, what the heck? I'm still reading the book. I'm in, I'm in the story. I'm in the mountains with you and the little cabin by the lake and meeting yeah. your husband for the first time. I mean, yeah. Yeah. oh, Steph, it's, I just recommend that if you just want to feel, and especially since we haven't been traveling for so long, yeah, fun to read your book and just yeah. great travel with you. Yeah, even I, I reread it this year because I thought I couldn't travel. Like I was like, you know what? And and also, it just felt like ten years later. Like I want to, I want to go back and get the wisdom of the maiden version of me and see what you know her excitement and she was so energetic and just this like wild romp through the mountains that I don't know it just it felt like so I I you know almost a year ago it was like maybe May or so of yeah. last year yeah yeah so I have an interesting question because this is something that so I just set it up so I have finished three full Ironman triathlons and my <laughs> last one was back in 2008 so quite some time ago and you know I look back and I'm like how did that version of me do all those Ironmans? Because today, like, okay, I go for a walk, hike with the dog, I'm good. Like, do you sometimes look back at that girl, that, you know, young lady, and you're like, what? Like, this is with awe. Yeah, yes, right? yes, bit? absolutely. Because I don't have, um, I don't have nearly the physicality in my life that that she had. That being said this is where most of like Eastern tradition and lots of Eastern kind of philosophy is rooted. Like that in order to get access to this, there's, there's three doorways into the house of spirituality. Okay. There's a physical doorway, a mental doorway and an emotional doorway. And, and I think, you know, you, you can see this in, in, um, in certain with certain people that they can use so much of their physicality that they just like break through to some other spiritual place. And that's, that's their process. You know, you can see this also from a mental capacity, a mental emotional capacity, someone who is a, say a monk, like I can sit and, and dissolve my mind 
and that mental process. Um, and off I go into spirituality. Now, I think as humans, you know, the, 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 not that I'm looking for the quickest way, but the quickest way <laughs> to get into this kind of uh, spirituality would be to use all of those doorways. And so I think as a young person, my access to my higher self was through physicality, through sheer physicality, because I didn't have those kind of mental, emotional um, tools yet to do so. And I think that's the exploration of, of myself in my 30s uh, was to kind of go, who am I emotionally? Who am I mentally? What's the mental construct I have of myself and my ego, et cetera? And how do I understand that and sit in that and rewrite that story and, you know, all of the, the, that kind of work. So it, it feels similar to me. It's just in a different way. And then, and then now I kind of combine them a bit, you know, my long walks in the woods, which, which includes quite a bit of physicality, um, become moving meditations and my, you know, so I, it's a really interesting way to think about it. That's, that's the only way that the maiden in me knew how to access a higher self and, and actually didn't know, like that wasn't a conscious thing. That's just what, when I look back, I think, Oh, that's what she was doing. Oh, I like that. I'm going to spend some time thinking about that because that's, that's some good stuff there that I hadn't heard before. So thank you. So, okay. I have to ask, are you able, can you give us a little hint about this book that's coming out or is it all wrapped in secrecy? I'd love no, to no, give us a hint. Tell yeah, us what's happening. We can, I can give a, I can give a little bit of that. So th- this mem- is another memoir that'll be out next year in 2022. So long. Yeah, I know. I know. It moves really quick, but it, yeah, the publishing well, time frame. Okay, so we'll read this so two more times while yeah, we wait. Exactly. What are we expecting? What are we excited for in 2022? Yeah, so this is a journey that I took with my mother. So really the backbone of the trip is is um, my mother was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's in uh, 2015. About 11 months after that, uh, her and I took a, a two-week road trip uh, through multiple different national parks and we're camping and hiking and just spending time together. And so that kind of serves as the backbone of the trip. And, and really the exploration is, you know, who am I both with and without her? Who am I as, at, who, who, who is she? And how do I know her as a mother, as a person? What is, what is, memory and deep remembrance. So there's a lot of themes in there, but, but ultimately it, it, it really is who are we with and without our mothers and a lot, you know, much larger theme, obviously everything is set in nature and, and that's the biggest mother I know. So um, outside of my own. So, so that's, that's the gist of it. It's, it's a, you know, when I think about Unbound, I think about it as the maiden voyage, both in that it was my first book and this huge trip around the world, but also the story, a real, real genuine archetypal story of maiden. Yeah. And this is a, this is a much deeper exploration of watching that maiden move into not fully there yet, but move into archetypal mother. I'm not personally a mother, but, but how do I navigate that, that transition and what, what does my mother teach me about that? So it's a really, it's for whatever reason, it just, it feels more personal than the first one, because I, I think there's a, the, 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 obviously there's an external journey, just like mm. the first one had, but mm. the, the real journey is a, feels more of an internal 
yeah. So I'm, I'm deeply excited about that book and feel really good about it. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm so excited. And we, you know, if you are planning to do a book tour in that time, cause it feels like we might be able to, yeah. and you want to come to the Island, I will host you with, oh, you're so you sweet. know, arms wide open. I mean, yeah. it would just be such an amazing experience to spend some time with you again and in person. And also I feel like I would need a box of tissues while reading the book. Yeah. It feels... I, I needed, I needed like a stock in Kleenex while I was writing it. So, yeah. and that, you know, that's another, you know, speaking of gratitude, you know, that, that book, ha- I would not be who I am if I had not, you know, written that book, had the opportunity to write that book. I would not be in nearly the place of acceptance and gratitude for, for my mother. And I, I, I don't want to say gratitude for the disease because I don't know if I'm quite there yet. <laughs> um, but, but there has been beauty. There has been much beauty in, in what I've seen of my mother in the last five or six years that, that I don't know if that would have been revealed to me if, if she didn't have Alzheimer's. I'm not saying that that's a wish of mine that, that, that she did, but I, I do have an immense amount of gratitude for what, uh, what I saw on that trip, what I saw in the, in the months and years afterwards. And I, I feel what she revealed to me um, in, a, in a way that would not have been possible uh, if, if, another, if, if, if we had been going down a different road. Yeah. What you said about not having gratitude for the disease, that's, that is kind of what I teach. It's like, we're not, I'm not grateful for the loss or the illness or the pain. That's not where the gratitude lies. It's the, you, your mom has Alzheimer's. And at the same time, (laughs) I'm finding these moments of gratitude. I believe truly that gratitude and grief can live at the same time. And I, cause I don't want to erase your grief. I don't want to erase the pain. That's not, that's the whole thing we're just talking about is like, feel the real emotions. And at the same time, taking a look around and just remembering little things of gratitude that might not have come otherwise. It has been a very difficult year for many people Mm -hmm. and that we don't want to erase that. But I know so many people that have found like moments of gratitude for the extra family time for the not running around all the time. You know, I think of my sister before COVID every weekend, they had one, if not two birthday parties. Yeah. Every single weekend, you know that, I mean, it sounds like such a simple thing, but to have your weekends back when you're not rushing around from birthday party to birthday party, it's, it's transformative. Yes. There's a loss of the gatherings and the celebrations. Yeah. And it's the gratitude that every weekend isn't taken up by a, a kid's birthday party. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Steph, this conversation has truly fed my soul. I am so excited to listen to it again. It's like one of my favorite things to do is like during the editing process, just to listen again, listen. to learn. I've already encouraged people to um, sign up for your as offered newsletter. <laughs> Yeah. whenever it shows up. So we'll make sure we put that link. I know you hang out a lot on Instagram. What's your Instagram yeah. handle? Steph Jagger. Super simple. Yeah. Are there other places where you hang out where we want to find you? 
Yeah, I mean, it's really easy. The, the website is Steph Jagger. That's where you can find out what, you know, we run various different programs and different things like that. Um, and then Instagram is certainly a place. And then, yeah, the, the uh, love letters come out, you know, usually once a month. And, and you can either send me a DM on Instagram or you can go on to the website and there's a place to sign up for those as well. And of course the book, but I always, you know, I always tell people too, there's a, there's an, a place to find one another energetically. Um, and, and they'll, they'll find the right place, the right way in. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You know, it's funny. Cause I also call mine a love letter. Yeah. My, it's mine's a weekly gratitude love letter. So yeah. it does feel like that. It, you know, this is what I love when I receive your, see your name in my inbox. I want to open it. Oh, that means right. Isn't that a nice feeling? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just like, I'm like, yes, what did she write this time? I'm I'm in it. So that that brings me joy while I await your next book. And you know, I can certainly lose myself in in your current book as many times as I can. Mm-hmm. But the even just hanging out with you on Instagram, you know, you there is that the beauty. It's interesting. A word that I would use to describe you is a lyricist, mm-hmm. which is someone who writes you know, lyrics to music, but I do often feel like you're writing, there's a music behind it that's unwritten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's, that's, uh, th- that is actually probably if people are interested in, in the writing, you know, that's what I end up doing on Instagram. Um, sure. There's some pictures and, and they're, they can be pretty or whatever, but um, they're usually very, very short snippets of, of writing from just my day or, you know, so that's a nice place to kind of see what little, take little, little tapas plates, little appetizers of it. Yeah. And you do run as well. You're still running some of your coaching programs and your yeah, guided. Yeah, absolutely. Programs as well, yeah. Right? So yeah, we have, you know, the great big journey is our biggest one and we're, we're in the midst of that right now. And we'll run that again in September. Okay. Um, I, I have a, a kind of energetic um, masterclass. We usually take four or five, six women through a nine month, much larger program. I do that with my best friend. So we're in the midst of that and we'll re-up that later in the year. And and then because of everything going on with the book and because I sense there's another book coming, I've actually cleared a lot from my calendar this spring because I, I, I have a, I sense that April, May, June will likely be a, there'll be some words to come through. So. Oh, yay. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, I'm really glad that this was the exact right time for us to record this uh, podcast. Oh, Steph, just from the bottom of my heart and my soul and my spirit and just so much gratitude for this time with you. Thank you so, so much. It's been such a pleasure. Much appreciation from me as well. Thank you for listening right to the end of the podcast. I hope this episode inspired you to choose to practice gratitude in different ways than you might have before. If you're not already following the podcast on your favorite app, all you have to do is click on the check mark or plus sign under the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast name to make sure that you're alerted of all the new episodes. If you really enjoy this podcast and want others to hear about it, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on your favorite app. Your review can help others to find the podcast and start to join us in choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.